0: I'm Autumn Lockett
1: and this is Mitch Randall
0: and you're listening to Good Faith Weekly.
1: This week on Good Faith Weekly we're gonna be talking about COVID-19. It is spreading across the globe and here in the United States there is a lot of panic but also a lot of good and bad information being uh, spread across the country. We're gonna be talking about it in our first segment and then in our second segment We are very fortunate to have with us Dr. Kevin Hefner, nephrologist out of Little Rock, Arkansas. One of the things that has really been eye-opening to me has been the the slowness, slowness, uh, I should say, of the larger communities embracing of this crisis. Uh, It seemed to be you know, what's going on, you know, could it really be this bad to add a, you know, people saying it's a hoax in some circles, um, to now, it seems over the last 48 hours, everybody understanding this is deadly serious. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that comes to mind, Autumn, as I have traveled around the world, and, and you know, uh, when I was pastoring at North Haven Church in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, we would take Numerous trips over to Ghana, West Africa, to hand out uh, insecticide treated mosquito nets to combat malaria. And that, you know, I'm not trying to equate the two, but when you talk to Ghanaians and anybody in an environment where public health is always on their mind, potential death from a mosquito bite. Or from you know flu-like symptoms because uh, of just the spread of disease and how quickly it can escalate in places like Ghana, there there's this mindset of always trying to be careful and, and you know this there there's this uh, attitude of of make, of cleanliness and hygiene vigilance uh, vigilance absolutely yeah here in America we really the blessing of living in a country like this can also be a curse Mm -hmm. because we have never faced anything like this before. So we were unprepared uh, to accept the reality of what this virus could potentially do. And, and so I think that may play a little bit of uh, a part in this dissemination of, uh, of, taking this this pandemic seriously because we've never faced anything like this and we're not used to quarantine ourselves uh, inside of a house
0: right well and i think this goes back to a broader topic that we've discussed you know at good faith media now for for a while because we're such an ancient organization Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right, 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 right. um but it's this concept of the other you know we think oh this is something that china is going to deal with or this is something that italy is going to deal with or Maybe in South America, we'll have to, you know, reinforce our borders there. And guess what? The virus, just like God, doesn't pay any attention to who the other is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. And it's it's really removed some some borders and um, it's transcending. And it's making us um, not just walk mile in someone else's shoes, but, you know, live in the same fear and vulnerability that, some folks have to deal with, like you're talking about in Ghana, that's their reality. And all of a sudden it's on our shores and there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, there's things we could do about it, but there's no stopping it. Like, uh, I know we're going to hear from Dr. Kevin Hefner here in a bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's, there's not a vaccine for this yet. There's not any kind of treatment. All we can do is prevent it.
1: You're absolutely right. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, just trying to to come to grips with uh, the slowness of us being prepared and reacting to this virus. You know, Americans have always suffered from manifest destiny, Mm -hmm. uh, that somehow in the end, God is always going to protect us and we're going to triumph just because we are who we are.
0: We've suffered and we've succeeded through it, right?
1: Cool. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's I'm a texted bitch. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all true. the
0: superlatives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but this idea of invincibility.
0: Yeah.
1: That it's not going to happen to me. That's the kind of things. These viruses happen to other people in other places of the world. We used to say that about terrorism. And then 9-11 happened. Yeah. Oklahoma City happened. Yeah. And terrorism was at our doorstep. Now the kind of diseases that the global community has been experiencing for decades upon centuries is now on our shores. Yeah. And we're coming to grips with the fact that we are part of a, and we've used this term quite often at Good Faith Media, this global symbiotic ecosystem that is so fragile. and this is why being a part of a global community matters. This is why coalitions matter. This is why treating our brothers and sisters on the other side of the world with decency, with respect and compassion matters. Yeah. Because we are all living on one planet and we are all residents of this planet. Yeah. And these diseases that we're seeing such as COVID-19 are going to continue to evolve and become more aggressive, and we need the global community uh, to stand beside us, and we need to stand by the global community uh, because this isn't this this is not the last time we're going to see a disease like this.
0: No, or or a disease like racism, or a disease like apathy, or a disease um, you know of isolationism and individualism. Like we don't have we don't have that benefit. Like we can't, we have, like you're talking about, we have a responsibility to um, our neighbors, whether that's, you know, across the street or, or around the world. And I think really having this platform um, and continuing to tell our more to tell is so Mm -hmm. important.
1: Yeah. One thing I do want to talk about China changing gears, you know, we've been talking about uh, a lot of these issues from a 30,000 foot uh, viewpoint. Uh, But let's get down on the ground a little bit. Uh, Just so our listeners know, we're not in a studio today. We are recording this podcast over uh, Zoom. Uh, I am in my office in my house. And And I'm I'm in my closet. <laughs> and is in her closet. I didn't oust you. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Um
0: I may do a screen grab so people can see, you know, the difference of you with your grown children, you know, coming to the okay. house and me with my four super not grown children roaming the house. Yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, because this is real life and this has been a disruption like we've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just tell my story real quickly and then talk about, you know, what's going on over uh, at your house. Um, you know, Missy and I have been empty nesters now for the total of about five months. Uh, we've got uh, one son who's out in Los Angeles finishing up his senior year at Emerson College. Our youngest son is at Dartmouth in New Hampshire. And so we had uh, both of our boys on polar opposite sides of the uh, uh, the country. And we got news quickly that Dartmouth was going to move to online classes starting. Uh, immediately after spring break and so it was pretty natural for us to bring uh, our youngest son home Uh, and he's going to be staying here but he's going to be starting class here in a couple of weeks after spring break's finished but he's got to do it remotely uh, here at the house and so he's now back living with us. Uh, We were really frightened because Emerson decided to close campus at their Boston location and now their LA location and my oldest was told Friday that he had one week to leave the premises. Well, I don't know if you've seen a map or not, but L.A.'s quite a long ways away from Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah. So we were trying to figure out what to do because he was wanting to actually stay out there uh, and he had a leave on an apartment. But then all of a sudden the news out of San Francisco, uh, you know, was broken about, uh, you know, basically keeping everybody in quarantine there and then New York City he had potential of being homeless for two weeks is what we're trying to say. So we quickly got him on a flight and he's not even here yet. Uh, he's going to arrive tonight. So we have the potential of having all four of our family members under one roof, which hasn't happened in four years, uh, which as a dad and mom, you know, is nice. We hate the circumstances in which it's happening, but all this logistics that's taking place, trying to keep our family safe has, has been really uh, a logistical gymnastics for us and kudos to my wife for for getting all this t- together for us, but she's done a marvelous job. So, so that's our story. What's your story? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I think, um, we all kind of approach this. I know my immediate concern, um, as a former classroom teacher, um, is always for those children who, you know, rely on school for meals, who, um, you know, whose parents work hourly jobs and what are they going to do? Um, and so as we started thinking about our children are on spring break this week, so we were already planning to have them home. Um, but I already was trying to, you know, work with our, our local PTA about what lunch handout was going to look like if they ended up canceling school, which now they have through April 6th. So I'll be at home with our four young kiddos um, until at least April 6th. Um, and then um, out of nowhere on Friday, my husband lost his job. Oh, um, yeah. He' he's not an hourly employee. Um, he's an attorney and it just, he's at a small firm and they had a lot in the stock market and then suddenly they didn't and he was the last one in. And so, um, all of a sudden, you know, yes, I'm still concerned about those babies, you know, at school, we're going to do everything we can, but you know, thankfully we're in a position where we're going to be okay. But, um, it's, I think this is going to continue to hit families, even families who don't realize that we never expected, to have something like that happen to us, um, and it's really um, just exacerbated the stress level. To be honest with you, and I, I keep asking myself, is this an anxiety attack or is this corona? Um, I, think, <laughs> I think it's anxiety. It, now. Might yeah,
1: <laughs> it might be a little bit of both. No. <laughs>
0: no fever. so I'm good. But yeah, I mean, at the expense of getting, you know, TMI, that's that's where our family is. And you know, if you're out there and you're, you know, living in fear that this is going to happen, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, and we're all going to be in this boat together.
1: And that's an excellent word because, you know, we are in a, a dire, dire situation right now. And I just cannot imagine what some of our laborers, our small businesses who, uh, you know, depend on that weekly paycheck to, to make things happen and, and pay the bills. Yeah. But what we're seeing, and I hope we see more and more of this, is an incredible spirit of compassion an understanding, and a coming together. This is when people of faith, this is when America is at its best. Yeah. When we are faced with tremendous, tremendous strain, And I think we will continue to see that because this is not only going to change our lives for the near future, it is going to change the trajectory of people's life for a long, long time. And we need to, as a people of faith, remember that and be kind and be compassionate and treat your neighbor as Jesus so rightly uh, told us to do long ago as we would treat ourselves and to love them like we've never loved them before. Uh, and so that that is an important word to hear because families and individuals are under great strain right now and anxiety. Well, coming up next, we are going to be uh, joined on the phone by Dr. Kevin Hefner. Dr. Hefner is a nephrologist out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Also happens to be the chairman of the board at ethicsdaily.com, a person of faith, and we're really excited to talk to him in the next few
0: moments. And just an all-around super fun guy. We love Kevin.
1: Absolutely, we'll laugh a lot, I promise. (laughs)
0: Perfect. We're looking forward
1: to it. Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly. And we have a very special guest with us this week as the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, continues to spread globally around the world. We are very fortunate to have Dr. Kevin Hefner with us today. Kevin is a nephrologist out of Little Rock, Arkansas, and also happens to be the chairman of the board at Ethics Daily. So, Kevin, welcome to the podcast today.
2: Mitch, I really appreciate you guys asking me to participate, and I hope that I can give a couple of words that may uh, may help your listeners as we all kind of get through this together.
1: Well, appreciate it, uh, Dr. Hefner. Um, you know, let's just begin with the seriousness of this crisis that we're facing. It seems like this pandemic, as uh, the HO has already declared it uh, globally, is continuing to to worsen. In some places, it is Getting a little bit better, but places like Europe and here in the United States, it seems to be progressing uh, extensively. Uh, can you just, I mean, tell us how serious this is?
2: Yeah, let me, let me start by saying a couple of things or telling you a couple of things about myself because I want, in full disclosure, people to understand, but I, but I think I can pivot off that and make a really important point. Yeah, go okay. Ahead. Mitch, I'm I'm a kidney doctor that lives in Little Rock, Arkansas that worked as for 12. Years. Everybody needs to hear. I am not an expert in infectious diseases or the coronavirus or anything sure. uh, along that, that. But I think that's really what's important for people to hear is is that I'm not an expert and and that your listening population does not need to be an expert either. I'm, I may actually know a thumbnail more than you do, and we probably both watch the same updates every evening on our local news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, your question specifically, as I was talking to friends and colleagues within the past 10 to 14 days, I may have been a little bit more attuned to this just because I am a physician, and I, I would let me, let me give you this one thought the people that are the most well-qualified, the people that know the most about what this is, what it could be, and where it could go.
0: Are they the politicians? Uh,
2: <laughs> amazingly, amazingly, it's not. What? It's They're the loudest. The this was unscripted. Let me just say thanks for pivot point number two. Because I'll always- <laughs> 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 but but and without being partisan in any way, I mean that that this is this is really important. So let me just make a couple of quick points. So I, I'm a trained physician. I have a background in science. I have a, a bachelor's degree in chemistry, and I'm not a research scientist. I'm a guy that lives in the community, like most uh, of your listeners. You know, I'm not a I'm not an ivory tower guy. That being said, I can tell you, I was taught to think logically. I was taught to think objectively. Scientists, by and large, are data-driven. And so things like your preference or your opinion really doesn't enter into the standard uh, way that most good scientists think. And the good news is we don't have just good scientists out there that are readily available to us all. We have some really great scientists. And to to get to this point, here's the thing really good scientists they speak differently than most of us they speak very precisely they choose their words very precisely they they only say the things they intend to say now a week two weeks i'm not exactly sure when the who began describing this as a pandemic a term that was picked up very quickly by people like dr Anthony Fauci of the NIH and when real scientists use words like pandemic trust me they have done their research they do not get out in front of that term they know full well the potential of how bad this could be that's a, that is a really not even a generational word that's a every couple of generational words for a real scientist to use they do not throw that word around
1: Yeah, so what you're saying, saying, Kevin, is that uh, this is deadly serious, and anybody who's not only listening to the pod, but uh, getting their news uh, and information from whatever outlet that they listen to, they need to heed this warning seriously and adhere to the restrictions and the cautionary uh, behaviors that the CDC and organizations like WHO are putting out.
2: Absolutely. I'm 54 years old. I cannot remember a more serious public health concern in my lifetime. And it's that serious. So, and, 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 to, and just real quickly, you know, a week ago, I felt like we were still really having to hammer home that point. But I do think even in the past two, three, four days, society has very quickly auto corrected poor thought that allows people to say, well, this is overblown. Mm-hmm. This is area. Look, here's what I tell people. Look, this isn't, this, this isn't partisan. This doesn't okay. care. Party. This doesn't care if you're a person of any faith. This is biology, yeah. hard stuff. It is public health, mm-hmm. hard stuff. And it's simply a matter of numbers. And this is how viruses replicate it's just math at the end of the day so it's not like you get a choice to choose whether you want to believe it or not the reality of this situation is what it is so right. i would encourage everybody to take it very seriously well that's here so here's, to
0: know. here's yeah. my question so you know you watch I know when I watch movies like Jaws, um, yeah, it's a scary movie. If you're sitting in the the ocean, it's a really (laughs) scary movie. With me, with my feet on dry land, it's a fun thing to watch in the summer while I eat some popcorn. So in every horror movie, we talk to the people who are in the movie and we say, don't go in there, don't do those things, like what are you doing? So at the same time you say, you know, hard stop, this is biology, this is public health. But if you just stay home and hunker down and practice social distancing, more likely than not, you're going to be okay. So why is that so difficult?
2: Well, that's a great question. But, but to the most important point, and then I'll try to give you a why, because the why, that's conjecture to some degree. Sure. The, the hard science is this. Okay. One, there is no treatment for this. So I mean, we can't give you a pill and make you better. So, what is the treatment, as it were? The treatment is don't get infected in the first place. Yeah. So the the if there were one piece of information mm-hmm. and only one that needs everybody needs to hear and adhere to, it is this: social distancing is the best preventative, and in a sense. The best cure since we don't have a medicine or a procedure. In fact, it's one of the ones that I would say is one of the only ones. I mean, social distancing, human beings need to stop congregating in groups. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, a group could be what? A group could be church on Sunday, a group could be your quilting class on Tuesday night. Uh, unfortunately, I saw a group two nights ago. Because Disney World was shutting down for the last time. Well, humans being who we are, we thought the people that had paid money to be in the general vicinity of Disneyland thought, well, I'm going to go to Disneyland one last time and get my money's worth. There were 3,000 people there. I saw a picture today. Now, I, this I did not document, and I'd really try to document everything I say. I did see a picture today of, quote, spring break at one of the Florida beaches, packed. Saw with that. I saw the same thing. Teenager. I mean, at some point, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, we just have to keep repeating. The only thing we can do is not congregate in groups. And then you go, well, you can wash yeah. your hands, and you can, yeah. you know. Kevin,
1: along, along those lines, because, you know, the, the federal government and state and local governments are now declaring not only states of emergency, but are enacting uh, curfews, uh, limiting. Uh, meetings of more than 25, in some cases, 10, uh, putting mandatory quarantines uh, on large blocks uh, of cities such as San Francisco uh, at this point uh, in time. New York City, I think, is contemplating that as well. I think they've done that in New Rochelle. Uh, but with the, the government uh, all up and down the line, from local to, to federal government, taking this into consideration, and a potential national shutdown uh, that looks like we're heading towards, what kind of time frame are scientists saying uh, that a shutdown would last to flatten the curve? We've heard Dr. Fucci talk a lot about uh, flattening that curve. Uh, and so how long would it take for that to occur?
2: That is a really good question. That's actually a, a pretty hardcore science question. and, and- and rather than get into specific details, because I simply don't know, in all mm-hmm. honesty, I'm, I've, seen, I've seen the curves you've seen. I've seen them many different ways. You know, the one that goes straight up and straight down, the spike, that's bad. Right. The one more like a slow dome, that's good. Now, as to the specifics, and, and again, okay, here's another really important point. I'm going to try to give your listeners two or three take-home points. One has been we must... Practice social distancing. Mm-hmm. That two is is look the the rate at which the information about this is changing is unbelievably fast. Even for trained virologists and trained epidemiologists, people that really are expert. So I mean, it, it changes from day to day. So for a community-based kidney doctor to try to tell you some really specific, <laughs> things, right. here's here's the point. Don't depend on me. Don't depend on your internet.
1: Yeah, that's a good don't word.
2: On Facebook. I keep repeating. Listen to the experts, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the NIH, and let me and and I did this too because before we talked, I thought I don't even know what's happened today. So I called a couple of people more expert than me. And one guy said, I gave a talk two days ago at my church in Little Rock. This is an infectious disease specialist. Mm-hmm. He, it's already changed so much. I'm not even updated. And he no. just gave a talk two days ago. Now he said, Kevin, and I said, yeah, I get it. This is what I've been telling people too. He said, we need to quit trying to spread the science. He said, we need to get laser focused, get your science from a reputable source. Let me give you one or two. hmm coronavirus.gov. I just went to the website 20 minutes ago. It's going to have the absolute most up-to-date, you know, science, but science written for the general public. What do I do if I think I'm sick? What do I do if I'm a fever? Can I go visit my elderly mother in a nursing home? And it's a very, I just looked at the site for the first time, it's very manageable. You don't need to depend on me or anybody else in your local community for those kind of details go look at that website every day another one cdc.gov which i think i think they kind of those two websites actually kind of meld looking at them but but at least that's believable information
1: mm-hmm. right yeah absolutely. get your
2: information there get it from dr anthony fauci who gives every single day a daily update dr fauci is a human i'm sure he has imperfections but he is a national treasure. I've yeah, been a physician absolutely. 30 years, and I've, I've known of him my entire time in medicine. If it comes out of his mouth, I would believe it. Autumn, to circle back to your point earlier, I'm trying to talk quickly because I know we got a lot, but to circle back specifically to your point, it, it, this has nothing to do with partisanship, but in general, your, your crack or comment about the politicians, you're right. Don't listen to them. I mean, you know, if, if they say something that's, like the government's recommending don't get in groups of 10. Okay, that's fine. That's general. But get the, get the the real information from the scientists and physicians. I'm, I am pounding this point home and I've given two reputable websites.
1: Right. That's and that's great. Yeah. I mean, that is excellent advice. Make certain you do check out those two websites. i have got two more questions for you, Kevin, before we, we let you go because we know uh, you're, Got a busy schedule today. Uh, I'm going to ask the first one, and then Autumn's got an ending question for you. Uh, my question is: You're a physician. We see these hospitals, uh, especially in hard-hit areas like Seattle, New York City. Um, you know, globally, Italy. Um, they are working 24 seven, sleeping at the hospitals. Uh, physicians, nurses, staff. Uh, what can people of faith do to help support our medical staff who are under tremendous pressure, not only now, but it seems like for, you know, the, the quite, quite a bit of future here?
2: That's a great, that's really a great question. I, I haven't really thought about that. Let me, let me say a couple of things. One is a piece of information I just saw within the past hour. Again, literally how quickly things change. And again, I have not documented this, but I saw uh, that nine physicians at an Atlanta, Georgia hospital have now been diagnosed as of today. Wow. That's nine okay. physicians. Now, now, real quickly, though, I think it's so important. I want to I really make this point because I've seen a lot of interesting, you know, way to go nurses, way to go doctors. Mm-hmm. There's probably more people that work in a hospital that are patient care techs, mm-hmm. that are dialysis techs, that are that are a custodial service and they provide as important a function as we do. And here's the reality. They are in much closer personal contact with human beings than I am. I'm a physician. I walk in a room, spend two minutes. I turn around and walk out and somebody else goes in there and bathes that person and cleans their secretion. So Mm -hmm. it is, please, please let's all everybody out there understand it's not just doctors and nurses. That's a great reminder. so what can you do? I think if if these people go to your church, you know, give them a pat on the back. Tell them you appreciate what they're doing. Obviously, keep Don't them... Don't in- pat
1: them on the back. Tell them yeah, five, 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 five feet away, hey, you're doing a great job. Give them a thumbs oh, up. Give them a
0: thumbs up on Facebook. That's right.
2: Hey, <laughs> hey to, to be in full disclosure, that was a test for you too. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, thank you. Wow, thank you. pop Chris. <laughs> but you know, I mean, look, you know, if, if you know... The guy down the street, he's worked a twelve hour shift. Sure. And you're out buying milk, call his wife and say, Hey, I'm going to the store. Can I get you some milk uh, and bread? You don't have to yeah. get out. You know. Right. Come- See, really. And just be just be aware of of people in your life and in your community. Yeah. That's, that's it. A good that's all- yeah. So Adam, you've
1: got the last question.
0: Yeah, Kevin, we end our podcast interviews each week with um, you know, our our good faith media motto is there's more to tell. And so um, we like to ask our guest, what is your more to tell? What do you want our audience? What do you want to leave us with?
2: Well, that you, that, now you talk about a setup question. <laughs> I, 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 okay, let me make one statement and then I'm going to tell you what there's more to tell. To refocus for the third time on the one point, which is get good information mm-hmm. and do it. A friend of mine told me a month ago, not about this, about another medical matter. And I asked him a question and he goes, well, where did you get that, that uh, culture? And I said, well, I don't know this, the nurse, I wasn't sure. And he looked at me, it's an older doctor than me. And he said something, it was so wise. He said, you know what I always say. He's kind of griped at me. I said, yeah, I know what you say. I said, go ahead and say it. And he said this, he said, always remember, no information is a better thing than bad information. Hmm. So, when we get bad information disseminated from websites or friends or buddies, I would almost rather be totally ignorant because if you give me bad information, I'm going to make bad choices. If you ah, give me yeah. no information, at least I probably do no harm. I just sit there and go, I don't know anything. I twiddle my thumbs.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Just remember the source of your information. Now, there is more to tell if there's been a thing uh, that's come down the pike in a while, that there's more to tell than Corona. I don't know what it is. Medically, I saw a, uh, I think a reputable set of numbers that showed in the past four days and it was either in, I don't know, one of the major Southern cities, the deaths had gone one, two, four, eight, and like 24 in five days. So, well, there's a, there's more to tell. None of us know the outcome of this. We, we clearly know it is a viral process with almost predictable math. I mean, we know things are going to get worse. Now, the more to tell, okay, those are numbers, but the more to tell is the human spirit, the human acumen, we're not going to be beaten by this. Mm-hmm. and that, That's the more to tell is how... Yeah. Are we going to see humanity come together across borders, across state borders, across national borders, and act as a world community to help, you know, keep this thing in check and ultimately beat it. That to me is going to be the really fascinating part of this story. And there's clearly more to tell on that.
1: Well, I hope you're absolutely right. That is a good way to end our uh, interview today. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to all of our physicians, nurses, uh, attendants, medical workers in, in the field. You're doing a spectacular job. Uh, we need to continue to, uh, to keep our first responders in our prayers as well. Uh, lots going on in our world today. As Dr. Hefner uh, reiterated time and time again, get good information and act on it, people. Act on that good information. Uh, and let's get this thing uh, in our rearview mirror. So uh, I'm Mitch Randall and Autumn.
0: I'm Autumn Lockett, and we appreciate Dr. Kevin Hepner being on our call today.